Well, we have a very powerful miracle that Christ has performed today as recorded in the Gospel. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus, he has uh, seven major signs that he performs. And this is the seventh sign. And it is the sign that is a foreshadowing of his own resurrection, which will take place on Easter Sunday, which is soon coming up. And uh, he performed the sign for the people who were with him in the days of his earthly ministry, but he also performed it for us, that through an absolutely indubitable proof of his divine power, we might come to push away all doubt and all fear and to let the light and the gift of faith truly shine forth, faith that he indeed is the Son of God. Well, I think today in my homily I'd like to maybe focus on sort of two ideas or place before you two different categories of evil. On the one hand, we have the evil of sin, I'm sorry, the evil of suffering and death. And we as human beings know this. This is a part of our experience, suffering and death. On the other hand, we have uh, another evil, and that's the evil of sin. Jesus came amongst us as God amongst men to deal in an absolutely decisive fashion with both of those evils, with both of those problems that we as human beings experience and know. If we look uh, in this one verse, in fact, it's the shortest verse in the whole Bible. It's pretty amazing. It says, Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the whole Bible. Two words, Jesus wept. And uh, this is a very powerful proof of Christ's humanity. Here he is, he's ready to display his divine power by raising Lazarus from the dead. Just before he displays his divinity, we see so clearly his humanity. He, as a man, has sympathized with us and has entered into our sufferings. We know what it is to lose a beloved uh, family member or friend. And here's Martha and Mary, and they're weeping, and Lazarus' friends are leaving, weeping at the loss of, of their comrade, and Jesus enters into their sorrow fully and completely. And uh, there really is nothing that we as human beings can experience and go through in terms of suffering and death that Jesus does not know in a very, very deep and profound and intimate way. He is a man of great compassion. Now, here's a little side note. Some guys think it's not manly to cry. That, that's not true. There's no one more manly than Jesus Christ. Um, I, for one, I'm very persuaded that the Shroud of Turin is actually the burial cloth of Jesus Christ. That the image we see on that cloth is the image of Jesus himself. And if you just look at that image, you see such incredible strength and nobility in, the, in, in his face. Uh, his body, I mean, you know, like the kids say or the younger people, this guy was jacked. I mean, he had a lot of muscle. He really was an amazingly uh, built individual. He was a very, very masculine uh, guy. And uh, yet he wept. Now, when you look at this Greek word for weeping, 
it's not a kind of weeping. It's actually a silent weeping. So let's imagine to ourselves this incredibly noble visage with great restraint, but yet at the same time evident emotion and silent tears running down his face, totally identifying with the sorrow and the loss that his friends are experiencing and going through. And uh, some commentators I remember reading years ago, we've got this passage that's translated in our lectionary as he's perturbed. Other translations say he's disturbed. It's kind of a difficult word to translate, they say, and that actually it has to do with a kind of a, a, a deep grief and even anger. One commentator said that he's angry at death. So think about that. Here is Jesus, who is sympathetic to everybody in his presence, and he's angry at death, and he's going to take care of it. Um, we think of the word when we think of when we see what Jesus is doing here in his humanity as compassion. Okay, compassion. He has compassion upon us in our suffering uh, and in our experience of the death of our loved ones. He has compassion upon us. And he has come into our experience to, uh, to know what we know. The word compassion itself reveals us in a very powerful way. It's, it's a Latin-based word. It's got two parts to it. There's a prefix, con, which means basically with. And then the other Latin word is passio, which means suffer. So to have compassion on someone uh, is to suffer with them. And that's precisely what Jesus does, what he came to do in the light of human suffering and death. He came to suffer with us. So he journeys with us. He has compassion uh, upon us as we go through our suffering and our experience of death. But Jesus' compassion does not stop at that category of evil known as suffering and death. It goes much deeper. It goes to the category of evil that is sin. And that's the deeper issue and the deeper problem. Sin is actually the root of human suffering and death. And Jesus has had compassion on us, not just in light of suffering and death that we know and experience, but in light of sin. That's the main problem that he has come to deal with. And in fact, really, and I've said this before, I'll say it many times, you'll hear me say it, is that suffering and, and death is not the greatest evil. The greater evil is sin. Because in the midst of suffering and death, we can be united with God. And in fact, suffering and death is oftentimes a means of becoming closer to God and more united to Him. And Jesus used both of those elements to deal with the deeper evil, the deeper, deeper problem, the problem of sin. It's through His suffering that He took away sin. It's through His death that He made atonement for us so that we could find forgiveness and come back into union with God. So the deeper evil Jesus knows is sin. That's what his compassion is exercised towards in a, in a deeper way. The ancient theologians and many mystics in the church have seen in Lazarus a kind of a mystic image of sin. So if we think about it, here's Lazarus. He's buried in his tomb. And sin places us in the darkness of a tomb. It's death. It's the death of the soul. And 
it, it, it is covered over. Lazarus' tomb is sort of covered over with this stone. So also, with sin, we get covered over and we're, we're burdened by the weight of it. It's like a stone on our back. And it isolates us from God and from other human beings, from really the human community. Just like, here's Lazarus, all his family and friends are on the outside, and he's all by himself on the inside of this dark uh, tomb. So Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, through his grace, gives divine life back to this man who is in sin. He calls him out of the darkness of sin into the light of forgiveness. And he says to those who are standing around him, to whom he's been restored, the community to whom he's been restored, he says, unbind him, let him go. Now, that word, I think our translation says, unloose, unbind, if I'm not mistaken. It can also be translated, unloose. And it's the same word that Jesus uses when he gives to St. Peter the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He says, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And one of the many meanings of that word is the power of forgiveness exercised through the sacrament of reconciliation. Notice that it's Jesus, uh, that it's not Jesus who unbinds him. He tells the people standing by him to unbind him. Again, I believe, mystically speaking, that's an image of Christ's ministers, the priests of the church who have the power to unbind and to forgive sins through the sacrament of reconciliation. But be that as it may, Jesus' real battle is against sin. His real sympathy, his real compassion for us is, uh, is surrounded and has to do with sin. You know, many people were coming up to, we talk about the word compassion and, and passio, we're coming up to Passion Week. This is the week where we celebrate, pretty soon here, starting the next Sunday onwards, Passion Sunday, this is the week where we commemorate the sufferings of Jesus. He came to suffer for sin, as well as for our suffering and our experience and knowledge of death. Many people look at Christ's sufferings physically, you know, the scourging at the pillar, which was horrendous. If you look on the Shroud of Turin, you can see his body is completely covered with whip marks, completely covered. His, his front, as well as his back, all of his, th- his legs, his thighs, his calves, they scourged him within an inch of his death. It's horrible, horrible torture. Of course, his carrying of the cross, his crucifixion, horrendous, horrendous torture. But you know what was by far the worst suffering? That physical suffering was patty cakes compared to a much more profound and deeper source of suffering, and that was our sin. He, in his omniscience, saw not just the sin of Pilate, the sin of the Jews, the sin of the Roman soldiers. He saw the sin of of my sin and your sin, the sin of all human beings who have ever lived. And he took the weight of that betrayal and that ingratitude upon himself. That was the deeper source of his suffering. And the deeper reason why he came to have compassion upon us and to save us from our sins. So my brothers and sisters, I'll leave that meditation with you uh, today as we prepare to enter into Passion Sunday and and Passion Week, wherein we commemorate Christ's uh, suffering for us in light of our suffering and death, but more fundamentally, in light of our sins.